on, ladies and gentlemen. It's your host, your boy, George Mackay, back in studio again today, pre-recorded, and I got a good one. For the last week of Pride Month, I got somebody amazing, somebody special, somebody inspirational. I'm a huge fan of this man since he appeared almost 11 years ago with part of the Nexus. Please help me welcome Mr. No Days Off, Fred Rosser to Straight Talk Wrestling. How are you, sir? Oh, thank you very much. You know, normally when I do these interviews, uh, they introduce me as former WWE superstar. You did the right thing, you know, uh, I, but I like to joke around with the interviewer and say, hey, I don't like to be called former. Former sounds washed up or someone that's just given up, you know. I like to call myself a WWE veteran because my journey started with them in like 2003 when I was doing extra work and grinding on the independence, ultimately getting signed to my dream job with WWE in 2009. And we're definitely going to get into a lot of that history. I also want to talk to you about your appearances in New Japan, New Japan Strong. I want to talk to you about your appearances with NWA, one of my favorite promotions. We're just going to have a lot of fun today. So a couple sure. of questions. I reached out to a few friends of mine. I told them I was going to have you on and they had some amazing questions. So I've got three here and I think we'll start off with them. The first one is, do you feel that corporations and others are exploiting Pride Month and the fight for equality? And if so, how do you feel about that? Honestly, you know, I can only control my actions and stay in my lane. You know what I mean? Like if someone asked me, oh, what do you think about the state of, uh, you know, the presidency? Unfortunately, I can't control what goes on. I can only control my actions. And every time that, you know, someone reaches out to me on my social media and says, oh, uh, I want to commit suicide and I've met them. Well, that's when I turn into not a psychiatrist, not a doctor, but a friend, you know, so I can only control my actions. Uh, being partnered with, you know, headquarters clothing that makes these blocked hate t-shirts, uh, they're, they're all about it, you know, they respect me, they love me for me. I can't control what these big corporations do, you know what I mean? When I do these interviews, I can plan out everything I'm going to say, but you know, I can't. I got to just speak from the heart. You know what I mean? If I was a billionaire, maybe I could have some pull, but I just don't. I just have to keep doing what I do. And I know people that see me on social media, I want them to just look at me and just say, well, if he can do it, so can I do. That's why I'm continuing to make moves with New Japan, you know, calling out Kenny Omega months ago, you know what I mean? So on my own social media, having some fun, that's what it's all about for me. Absolutely. It's fantastic. Another great question is, how do you feel about the state of LGBTQ rights in the USA right now? Do you think things are better than they were a few years ago? Uh, we've got a lot of work to do, you know. Um, if I had all the answers, uh, that's just impossible. You know what I mean? That's, that, that's just impossible. And I always say, don't talk about what you don't know about. When it comes to transgender issues, that's something that's new to me. You know what I mean? My one friend, uh, Gabby, who was uh, Tyler X, he came out just earlier this year, which blew me away. You know what I mean? I have friends saying, you thought your coming out story was a big deal. Someone like Tyler Rex, Gabby now, someone asked me uh, why I was venting to a friend. I said, man, I'm, I'm just very curious as to why he made the transition. And my friend said, uh, well, it's not for you to understand. 
it, it's for me to, it's, it's not for me to understand, it's for me to accept uh, his decision and just love him for who she is, you know what I mean? And I've got to be very careful that I don't, you know, uh, misgender uh, Gabby. So it's very, it, it's a learning experience for you. It's a learning experience for me. We have a long way to go. All I can do is continue to be that support system for the community and beyond, not just the LGBTQ community, but anyone that gets bullied in the silence. Just like I spoke earlier uh, with, with your daughter, you know, people might make fun of us for a speech impediment or your hairstyle is ugly. Well, you know what? Screw you, block the hate. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Myself coming from a bullying background where I was picked on as a kid because I was always a little bit bigger. But uh, then, you know, what was great is that 18 years ago, actually 19 years ago, I met the love of my life and she looked past all that and saw what was inside. And we've spent 19 great years together and uh, many, many more. So uh, I always say it, but I love you to my wife. She's my rock. She's my everything. So Bless her. And she gave me two great daughters who are amazing, but they drive me crazy. My hairline used to be here, Fred. It used to be here, but now it's all the way back here, man. All of, it's stressful. It's stressful. <laughs> well, you know, like for me during this pandemic, I, you know, I have two God babies that I see a lot uh, and they're seven years old. So um, I was the only child growing up. So have, having these kids in my life, you know, the girl is growing up, you know, boys of boys uh it's it's a lot of fun you know so during this pandemic when everything shut down i didn't stop i didn't stop with my social media sponsorships i didn't stop being a loving godfather i didn't stop my workouts i altered my workouts no gyms were open more trx do more kettlebell work do more resistance band work during this pandemic i didn't have a gym and i was able to survive and that's what it's all about Absolutely. I could not agree with you more. Uh, another question, and then we'll move on to more of the interview is, um, what would you like to see from all of us as wrestling fans and human beings to do in order to block the hate? Um, just, just enjoy wrestling. Just uh, if you're an ally, you know, support one another. Uh, you don't have to be gay to support LGBTQ rights. You know what I mean? Uh, for me, I've, I've met more transgender fans in, in the South than anywhere in the world. And that's where uh, the hate kind of comes from, you know? And all I can do is just get these people's information that I come across and let them know that if they don't have anyone to support them in their family, be a part of my social media. Like I said, it's an open diary. So, um, yeah, we have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of work to do in that aspect. But um, what was the question again? Because I kind of ramble and all that other good stuff. <laughs> no, it's great. I love it. It's fantastic. Uh, it was, what would you like to see us as wrestling fans and human beings do in order to help block the hate? Yeah, I mean, perfect example. <sighs> you know, I didn't think my story was a big deal until of all people the icon share had reached out to me and uh she said in the dm and i screenshot it and i saved it she said because of her hearing my story one of her friends who's a big wrestling fan came out to his family so it was that minute i realized that my story was a big deal and guys like you know uh randy orton big show especially randy orton uh, Randy Orton saying, you know, when I came out publicly, 
I ever have any trouble with anyone in the locker room to uh, let him know, and he's got my back. And then from then on, even still to this day, when Brody Lee passed away, everyone was devastated, including me. He texted me and said, hey, man, if you need someone to talk to, just let me know. And that's a friend right there. You know, all these years gone from WWE, Randy Orton still has love for me. He's one guy that made it a lot easier for me to walk into a locker room, including Mark Henry, Big Show, Sheamus, Titus. So uh, we need more allies. The more, the better. And hashtag and block the hate is so near and dear to me. If we can keep doing that, um, that's a plus. Absolutely. Well, your five questions with my daughter's dropping tomorrow. So right after we record this interview, we're going to do one of our little special funny videos we always do to announce guests. And we're definitely going to hashtag block the hate. And it's a great organization. And when we set this up, you asked me, you said, do you mind, you know, donating to the cause? And right away, I didn't, I didn't bat an eyelash. I said, absolutely. And my wife even said, no, we're going to up it. So we did. I'm not going to say the monetary amount because nobody needs to know, yeah. but we donated to the block to hate because we feel it's a great organization and my daughter's still developing and becoming. And at the end of the day, love is love and support is support. So if she comes to me tomorrow and says, dad, you know what? This is kind of what I'm feeling. This is what I'm into. I, I will be so happy for just her to be who she is. And that's why I find your story so inspirational. And I wanted to say thank you. And I mean, thank you because uh, when you came out in 2013, I, uh, I was really, really, really impressed with that. I was just like, look, he's just putting himself out there and he's who he is. And I read a great quote that you said, it's when I learned to love myself and I learned to just be me, I became happier. And that's yeah. such simple words that the whole world could live by. And it's in knowing that, that in your story, um, I started looking at myself. I was not okay. I was angry all the time. I was frustrated all the time. So much like my conversation with Mark Merrow, who's another great inspirational figure in our business. I told him that um, because my wife, who she helped me, she saved my life. I say that all the time. I decided to go to therapy and I decided to get right for my kids because I didn't want them seeing someone who was angry and bitter all the time about, you know, things not going right in his life. And it just became, now I wake up every morning with a smile on my face and it's because of stories like yours Stories like Mark Merrill's stories of redemption and acceptance that touched me and helped me find the right path. So uh, I promised myself if I ever got you on the show, I'd say that. So thank you, because I mean that from the bottom well, of my heart. Well, I mean, thanks. Thanks for reaching out to me. Like I said, you know, when you're under WWE's umbrella, you need permission to do a lot of stuff. So me being on my own, an independent contractor, there's no such thing as a uh, bad interview or a unnecessary interview. Like earlier, like I said, I knocked out Mickey James. Uh, I've got a lot coming up the end of this month. Um, so I always say, don't die with the story and you tell it. So however I can share my story to the masses, there's 7 billion plus people on this planet. So whoever can hear my story uh, and get inspired and fired up, then so be it, you know. Uh, I always say my fight is much more bigger than in the ring. So when when someone like me, a celebrity, comes out, they have a duty now to instill confidence in all of our youth and to lead by example. So once someone makes that decision to come out, they've got to they've got to be that superhero for the community. And you know, my biggest honor as we speak, and again, I'm all over the place, and I'm sure we'll get to it. My biggest honor is what I'm doing with New Japan and being accepted, not only being African-American, but also being gay. And uh, in 2020, I got match of the year with New Japan, New Japan Strong. And I didn't 
And I didn't get it because I was gay. I got it because Tom Wall and I tore down the house. With no house, we tore down the house. And uh, it's coming up on one year anniversary. So hopefully in the future, I can do it again with him. But that's like my biggest honor ever by myself. I've done my thing as a nexus. I've done my thing as a tag team. I tried to do my thing with Bob back, but it's just unfortunate that the people that work under Vincent Man didn't have my back. Now I finally got the support from New Japan. New Japan's strong and I'm gonna keep rocking. I got, I'm 37. I said, man, I'm gonna push this body till I'm about 64. I'm sounding I'm signing like Heath Slater. That's how Heath Slater talks. I'm gonna push my body till about 64. Absolutely. And and why not? You are in phenomenal shape. And I remember that match with Tom Lawler and you're, you're amazing at this because you're segueing right to it. So Tom Lawler, the filthy one, the head of team filthy, one of the best, uh, most underrated wrestlers in the business today. People don't recognize his ability on the mic as well as his ability in the ring. So when you and Tom went into that match, I mean, I can tell both of you wrestled with a little bit of a chip on your shoulder. Like, yeah, you know, we're going to go out there. We're going to do what we got to do. And did you know going into that match, did you have match of the year on your mind when you stepped through the ropes together? I just, I, I was, you know, the way I look at it, this is real to me. You know, this is real. Don't ever use the F word with me, you know, F-A-K-E. Don't ever, you know, say that with me. But just looking at Tom, he's an MMA fighter and that that intimidation factor for the first time in my life like set in like man this guy can legit break my arm break my nose like I'm tough but he's got that edge and he's got the cauliflower ears and he's just ah. but I have to steal a quote from him he said he would have never thought in a million years in a million years that he would get in a ring with someone like Fred Ross or Darren Young but he said the minute that we touched, he knew it was going to be a classic. He knew it was going to be good. And every time I say that, I get goosebumps. You know what I mean? Because that's the biggest honor from your peers. You know, a couple of years ago, I got that from, uh, um, I'm having a brain fart. Uh, but anyway, that's, that's, that's my biggest honor ever. Uh, coming from Tom Long, that the minute that we touched, he knew it was going to be a classic. He knew it was going to be good. So, um, yeah, yeah. It's just something that I hold near and dear to my heart because I've done my thing as a group and a tag team, but to get this honor with New Japan, man, I was on cloud nine. And you're only as good as your last match. So anytime I uh, have a match like I am, Every Friday with New Japan Strong, I go in there like it's my last match, you know. Honestly, I've been doing some of my best work because I have almost full creativity. Uh, I can kind of paint my own picture, you know. I can map out my fight. And, yeah, yeah, it's a huge honor. But my biggest test is come this August, performing in front of a live crowd. That's my biggest test, you know. I haven't performed in front of a live crowd for New Japan Strong. Uh, so August will be my true test, but I don't know if you know how the New Japan came about, but it was actually, and I save it, I had ran into Lance Hoyt September of 2019 in Pomona, California, and him and I, uh, he was still with New Japan, him and I uh, did developmental in FCW Florida Championship Wrestling in 2010. 
so we ran into each other September 2019, Pomona, California, and he asked me how I was doing. Uh, I said, I'm doing well, just keeping it moving, but I've always had dreams and aspirations of doing New Japan. And he said, well, New Japan is doing a show at the Globe Theater in LA in November, come to it. So he gave me this flyer. Uh, the show started at 7 p.m. I got there five because one, 18 years at the time, I wanted to feel the ring, feel it, because I've never been in a New Japan ring. It's hard. I wanted to be able to feel the ambiance of the building. I wanted to be able to meet all the wrestlers uh, and watch the show from beginning to end. And that one question was, was repeating in my head, do I fit in, do I fit in, do I fit in thousands and thousands and thousands of times. And after the show was done and, and it was all said and done, I said to myself, man, I can hang, I can hang with these guys. I can go with these guys. You know, it's, you know, the style has always been intimidating. I've trained with guys that uh, had that style and it's rough, but that's when I was starting off in the business. Now I have some experience. I've got some tough skin. Uh, so when I said to myself, man, I can keep up with these guys. I talked to Rocky Romero after the show and um, that was that. Then the pandemic hit. But right before the pandemic, January and February, I was involved in a musical, off-Broadway musical about marriage equality called Little House on the Ferry. And um, I got my lines down, but when you add singing and dancing, uh, it's a whole nother element that I would do again in a heartbeat. It was the hardest thing I ever done. And the reason why I did the musical, because Chris Jericho was a big inspiration in everything he does. He did Dancing with the Stars years ago. So at 36 at the time, I said to myself in early 2020, man, if Jericho can do it, so can I. So that's when I did the musical, hit a home run with it, would do it again in a heartbeat. And then the pandemic really hit end of February, March, heavy on us. And then I was reached out to by New Japan, June, July about doing some shows. And then I had to double check with my family. I told them on the phone, can I get back to you in a day or two? I checked with my family. I said everything was going to be, you know, COVID compliant and all that craziness. And then that's when um, I called back up. I called New Japan. I said, yeah, let's rock and roll. And then the rest was history. So I love sharing that story of how it came about because I chased new japan down you know what i mean i chased them down it was something i wanted to do aew i tried them i get tired when a lot of fans say oh why not a why not aew my back is up up against the wall well i tried aew not once but twice and they said no they don't have anything so that wasn't my all-in goal my all-in goal was new japan and i pursued it like i did with wwe wwe told me no over 40 times until that one yet that's that's an incredible that's an incredible story and that literally is the moniker right never say never never give up never take no days no. off no days right. off no days off i'm not john cena never give up that's john cena i'm no days off <laughs> yes you are no you are. days off you are mr no days off 150 percent. so you know you and i we share a lot of couple of things in common one being you're a november baby and i'm a november baby november when I'm November 26. You are 24 uh, days older than me. <laughs> November 2nd. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. That's Same what, year. Hey, man, health, Same year. health is 
so oh, so 1983. They say that was a good year, I guess. Uh, the year of the pig, I guess. I don't know. Uh, so that's a good year for us. <laughs> Absolutely, Absolutely, man. When I saw that, when I was doing my research, I was like, that's incredible, man. We're like, tw- you're, you're technically, you are my elder by 24 <laughs> days. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. Well, the pig year, they say it's supposed to be a special year. We both have bounced back from a lot of stuff. So, uh, we're tough as nails, baby absolutely absolutely and it's um it's it's that being tough as nails that has made me the better father and the better husband that i am and again uh always always wanted to be surrounded by beautiful women i guess my dreams come true my (laughs) my wife's beautiful my daughters are gorgeous life is good baby life is good (laughs) that's good well your first daughter uh she's 11 11 and how old's the other one she's five and let me tell you something right now she has one of the strongest arm bars in the business. I've been teaching her a couple things, and she's almost you made me pop out a few times. You you have to because, like, I was the only child growing up, and I had a lot of guy cousins, boy cousins, but I had one one girl cousin, but now, like, I have a god baby, seven uh, cousin, really, um and like these girls are very advanced and you want to just protect them and uh they're conversational and you want to make sure that no one takes advantage of them so you want to teach them all the tough like when i say high five i say hard you know boom you know be tough you know but still you know be soft but still be tough don't don't take uh mess from these boys absolutely and you know what i can say i can say this right now on camera I can act as tough as nails as I want, but the minute those those two young ladies bat their eyes at me, my wallet gets open, <laughs> my credit card comes out. Every it doesn't matter. I have gone. My wife comes home from work every Saturday. She works Saturday. She comes home. She goes, "Is there a new toy there?" I go, "Yep, there is." Yeah. And she goes, "Where's Cassie?" She's downstairs with another PlayStation gift card. I just yeah, that's what yeah, I yeah, but they yeah, but they probably earn it, right? They probably do good stuff and they earn it probably. Yes, they do good. Yes, you're right. They do good grades. Cassie does her chores. Yeah, also, I give in a lot too. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I understand. I, I I give in too, but I always say I'm fair but firm. You got to earn it. You know what I mean? If you're doing good, you know, no, I practice what I preach. No days off. You know, they know it. Absolutely. And you know what? They, they always say that uh, nothing in life is ever handed to you. You got to earn it. And that's one thing I tell both of my daughters all the time. You want to be a vet? You got to go out there and earn it. I tell my youngest daughter, I say, you want to play soccer? We got to work at it. You got to learn how to kick the ball. We got to do this stuff. And we're getting her into all that stuff. So you've got to earn it. And you know what? Uh, From being a dad, full-time working man, doing the podcast on the side, uh, there is no days off for me either. So we also share that in common. So like (laughs) that John Cena's cliche saying, no days off. That's it, 100%. Uh, Another great match that I loved of yours was, uh, this is actually from just May of last month, actually, almost to the day. Uh, you and that no DQ match with Haikyuu. Uh, I hope I'm saying it right, Haikyuu. I think I am. No, no. I'm not no. saying that. No, even, even when I first met him, like I didn't know how to, I never said his name, you know, until uh, I had to ask someone, but it's Hikaleo. Hikaleo. Yeah, okay. trust me. Go- the names are tough, you know, but now I know how to say Hikaleo, Hikaleo. But before I did not know how to uh, say, say his name. But yeah, uh, what did you think of the match? I, I absolutely loved it. I loved it. The whole sequences with, with that cube van, that truck that you guys did was magical. <laughs> I mean, it's so inventive. 
And yeah, we've seen stuff like that before, but I just loved, I love the story that was told. And a lot of people who aren't wrestling fans, they don't get it. It's not, it's not just, oh, these two guys are just wrestling around the ring. No, it's, it's storytelling. It's telling a story without any words. Yeah, there's the occasional yeah. smack talk, but really yeah. the moves, the artwork, the, it, I call it the perfect dance. And yeah. you and him that night, you guys were amazing dance partners and it was a phenomenal match. And that basement, that basement, but that basement drop kick, that bottom kick was amazing. Just the tip of the iceberg to end it. I loved everything about it. Yeah. Um, like I always say, you know, the Samoan family, the Samoan dynasty family, the Usos, they, they are a night off. We're physical in the ring, but they are a, a night off to be in the ring with that whole family tree, you know, I always say two wrestlers I wish I could have met or been in the ring with were Yokozuna and Owen Hart. You know what I mean? When Yokozuna would drop that leg, like, oh, man, like, he thought he was crushing the guy, but he just moved so well. Someone that pops in my head, Fala Bob from TNA, if you are Impact, uh, he trained at the same school I trained at, uh, West, West Patterson, New Jersey, IWF. In 2005, he started. I started in 2002. And when he came in, he just reminded me of Yokozuna, uh, the way he moved. And, you know, uh, Simone wrestlers, they, they just they just got it. You know, they just they just have it. And my goal, I always say at this point with Hikaleo, is I want to be able to elevate talent. I'm going to get I'm going to get my stuff in, but I want to be able to elevate talent and show that it's not about me it's about the story and the in-between stuff is very hard for me to explain um but someone i study still to this day is someone like randy orton someone like muda for the pacing randy's pacing no one knows in my head but when you watch my matches back a lot of the times i have in the back of my head i'm the black randy orton i'm the black i'm the black randy orton the pacing, the way he, because with New Japan, I'm kind of, I'm able to kind of take my time. WWE, a lot of this stuff is quick. It's like a sprint, you know, uh, which is cool. I've done all that stuff, but it's very tough to tell a story in three minutes. But when you have 15 or 20 minutes to tell a story with New Japan, um, I'm able to take my time and I'm able to create my own stories, you know, uh, because I have a good mind for the business. You know, I was never um, a main eventer, you know, uh, but I have my moments where the creativity is just on point. So, again, I'm staying in my own lane with, uh, you know, New Japan being signed to them. Uh, I watch everything. I see what's out there, but it's very important for me to stay in my lane and not look at what other people or are doing or other organizations are doing i'm i want to be like and i keep referring to black this black that black that but i want to be the african-american tommy dreamer of new japan strong you know the heart and soul of ecw the heart and soul of new japan strong that's that's how i think that's my mindset of thinking I, I would not disagree with a single thing. And another match that I have to uh, highlight is, um, while it was the the, the major storyline in your debut in NWA, uh, you went after my boy, DePope. You were the number one contender. You won that great match. And you had that amazing match with DePope in April. And it was very hard for me, Fred. You made it hard <laughs> because much like he made it hard because I follow the television champion very closely. I was a big Zicky mm -hmm. Dice fan. 
Then when DePope beat Zicky, I was I, I felt bad for Zicky. And I, I I told I had DePope on my show. His episode's dropping a few weeks after yours. And I said to him, when you won, I went on your Twitter and I just wrote one word. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. But when Zicky lost, I went on his Facebook and I was like, Zicky, man, I'm sorry. I, I can't believe it. You worked your butt off. I this whole paragraph. And then the Pope, I was like, yeah, congratulations. <laughs> you beat you beat my guy. But then the Pope became my guy. And then yeah. you were also my guy. And then yeah. now I got this conflict of interest. And it didn't, you know, the decision didn't go your way. But man, what a story. And you and Elijah Burke, so much chemistry in that ring. Just an amazing match. And I'm so excited for what the future holds with you in NWA. So I got to ask, how did NWA come to be? Because you're, you're having so much fun in New Japan. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, right after the march, right after back for the attack, boom, Fred Ross was in the house. I marked out. And I don't mark out often in wrestling because I just enjoy it. But I did. I had a mark out moment. When I saw you come out, I was like, oh, my God. And I knew right away. I'm like, oh, they're going to put him with the Pope. They're going to set it. He's going to win this match. Okay, yeah, he won. Okay, great. Now he's faced. And I, I got so upset because I told my wife, I go, what am I supposed to do? I, either way, I'm going to feel upset. And it's yeah, hard yeah. as a wrestling fan when you're cheering for both guys in the ring. Yeah, well, the Pope and I, we go way back to when I was an extra with WWE. It was always him and Chad, God, God, God rest his soul. They would always corner me as an extra again 2006 7 very shy and timid that's how i was they would always corner me shag would always bring me into the locker room and at the time i did have an afro and he would bring me into the locker room and ron simmons at the time would always be like uh well he was with the company still and they'd bring me to the locker room and shag would be like hey ron i got your son here and everyone would start laughing and that's how everyone got to know me as an extra as Ron Simmons' son through Shad. And then uh, the Pope, he'd always see me and be, he'd see me in the hallway. He'd be like, where are you going? Where are you going? Oh, nothing, nothing. Me, I'm just shy. Like, oh, nothing, nothing. Just like, uh, but he'd always bring out the best to me. And then years later, we became very close. And to work with him, NWA, uh, he was happy. I was happy. And he, 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 he's just a good guy that's always supported me. Uh, and how that came about is they reached out to me about working uh, with them. And I said, you know, sure, why not? Um, again, quality over quantity. Uh, I, I don't need to do any uh, wrestling as much as I used to when I was younger. So I just want to be more of a novelty. So the beauty about... Uh, being with New Japan exclusively is that they do allow me to do my sponsorships with Glitch Energy and uh, a plethora of other, uh, you know, little uh, keto snack companies that I'm able to represent and get compensated for. Um, they allow me to uh, wrestle other organizations and all that, again, has to be approved by New Japan because I am with them. But that's the beauty of it, that I can have my cake and eat it too with New Japan Strong. With WWE, when you're under their umbrella, you have to kind of abide by their rules. Uh, or like Triple H says, you have to either adapt or perish. And when you're under their conglomerate, you know, making six figures or so, you just have to do what they say. But when you're when I'm with New Japan, I'm able to do other projects. I just have to make sure I keep it all organized and, you know, New Japan comes first. So to have that opportunity with NWA is awesome. 
It absolutely is. And I, I love the way how you, you really are, uh, you mesh with so many different styles and you're such a great storyteller in the ring and that's not kissing your butt. That's just being honest and real. You are, you oh, have, like you. you said it earlier yourself, you have a great mind for the business and uh, I, I see it now. Now I'm going to go back and after having this conversation, I'm going to start watching more of your matches and be like, there it is right there. He's saying it in his head in the black Randy yeah. Orton. It's happening yeah. right at that moment. But yes. Um, yes. talk to me about, uh, I'm a big fan. I was a big fan of the primetime players. I loved yes. the primetime players. And <laughs> when you won the tag team titles that one time, I was with a whole bunch of my friends and we were here and we were watching my wife and everybody was like, nah, New Day's going to take this. This is going to be easy. Yeah. I said, nope. I said, nope. <laughs> I said, I don't care what you guys want to throw down. I mean, let's make it reasonable. Let's not go stupid. We're not going to bet $10,000 but let's yeah. be reasonable. So everybody throw in 10 bucks. So it was about six, seven of us there. We all put $10 down, you know, 10 Canadian dollars. So the purple money, you know, we have our, our money looks like monopoly money. It is what it is. We all threw yeah. down our 10 bucks and sure enough, you and Titus, you guys put $70 in my wallet that night. And I appreciated it very, very much. And I, I loved, I loved when you two were the champions. I, I don't say, I wish you would have held it longer or held it many times. Cause I feel like that one run, was so awesome and i thought you two were a great tag team and i thought everything about the primetime players was fantastic what are your thoughts about that that again you mentioned with my daughter earlier in the five questions but that moment of winning those tag titles with titus O'Neil. well you won money but that whole morning afternoon evening we didn't know what was going on you know and i was like visibly like everyone knows what they're doing on the show but we don't know what we're doing, you know? And then last minute, stuff happens, and we win the tag team titles. Uh, and I remember Titus uh, saying, hey, when we win the titles, let's go over the barricade. And again, me, and I wasn't I wasn't out, you know? Wait, was I out? Or maybe, yeah, maybe I was out. Uh, but I was very uh, nervous to make the wrong move. And Titus, when we won the titles, he jumped into the crowd. And, I, and there's a picture of us. He's in the crowd. And I'm, like, hanging over the barricade. I don't want to get in trouble for going over the barricade because you, you need permission sometimes to do stuff like that uh, because fans can get hurt. Uh, but Titus, I, I, I love Titus. When I got into developmental and uh, – 2009 a couple months later here comes Titus O'Neil coming into Florida Championship Wrestling uh, straight out of football and a lot of wrestlers that go from football straight into wrestling uh, they get you know they get a lot of slack you know for being a football player and not being passionate about doing the indies first you know uh, and going from football straight into WWE. So people look at Titus and stuff like that. And me, in anything I do, I'm always the first one there, the last one to leave. And that's how I was in, de in, in developmental with Titus. Um, first one there, last one to leave with him, working with him. Because he's a big guy, 6'6", 270. I'm 6'1", 230. He's a big guy. And... Um, I'd work with him, work with him, work with him. And I told him the same people that are shitting on you are going to be kissing your ass years from now. And now look at him. He's an ambassador for the company now. There's so much more that you can do than just wrestle. Uh, but Titus and I, how we formed uh, our team, uh, what happens backstage sometimes comes to light. And Titus and I would always be together and put some ass liking us. And we... Uh, 
BS with Vincent Man here and there. And ultimately, we got signed to SmackDown by John Laurinaitis. Vince McMahon put us together, and John Laurinaitis announced us on SmackDown. And then everything was history. And Titus Worldwide is real. It's legit. Titus Worldwide, he's got the hookup. So we would travel together, and he'd get some hotel rooms for free, and he'd get some hotel rooms for $40, $50 a night. He had the hookup. And these are Marriott properties, you know? So, uh I did all the driving. Titus was the businessman. I did all the driving because me being from New Jersey, doing the independence, driving 300 miles, 200 miles, I was used to it. I love driving. I love being in control behind the wheel. So uh, I, I always say on these long car rides, I'd rock Titus O'Neill to sleep. He'd book the hotels. He'd fall asleep, and I'd drive to the next city. So um, we uh, – he learned a lot from me. I learned a lot from him. And the more that time goes on, the more we miss each other. We still stay in contact. I still stay in contact with all the members of the Nexus, not including Daniel Bryan, because Wade Barrett says he was not part of the original <laughs> Nexus. So whatever Wade Barrett, Stu Bennett, whatever they want to call him, whatever he says goes. So I still stay in contact with those guys through text. And I still stay in contact with Titus, you know. He's doing good, great things. I'm doing great things. Uh, we're still making moves, still trying to make million-dollar moves. You absolutely, you absolutely are. And that's amazing that you guys all stay in contact as the Nexus, man. The Nexus was such a cool idea. I loved the angle. I loved everything. I also loved the back and forth with CM Punk and John Cena. Who's the leader? Who's going to dissolve the Nexus? Everything about that. But you also talked about something really cool with my daughter. You talked about that amazing match with John Cena on Monday Night Yes. Night. And it was. It was one hell of a match. I don't care what anybody says. It's my show. It's my opinion. And my opinion yes. stands. But how yes. was it to be in the ring with arguably one of the goats in our business? Um, they, always, they always would say that I look like the black John Cena. Uh, and recently, I just, when Tommy Dreamer was in charge of developmental, he just said recently in an interview for the longest that WWE apparently would not sign me because I look too much like John Cena. And then Tommy Dreamer said, what? But he's black. So that was like mind boggling to me. I had heard it in the past, but I didn't think it was true until Tommy Dreamer recently said it on uh, his podcast, I believe, or someone's podcast. Um, I always say I wish I made John Cena type money because everything he touched, he's got that Midas touch. Uh, but to be able to main event Raw with him, um, it 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 opened up a lot of doors for me because it was that night that we went about 15 minutes or so. It was that night that people realized, man, this Darren Young, this Fred Rosser, he can really go. You know, let's keep an eye on him. And you know, the rest the rest was history. Uh, I was honored to share the ring with him. I still talk crap uh, because he's coming back apparently for, I guess, SummerSlam with Roman Reigns. I, and I said on social media, I, I think I said it, or I am plan on saying it. Uh, I want to say, John, you know, try something different. Come to New Japan, man. Come to New Japan strong. You never stepped in the ring. You want to do all this different stuff, like acting and all that stuff. Come to New Japan, you know. You know, WWE wants to apparently do some kind of collaboration with new japan and wwe come to new japan strong 
10, 11 years ago when we wrestled that main event on Raw, the, the outcome, I can promise you, is going to be different because I'm not a young punk kid anymore. I'm a grown-ass man, Cena, and you're a lot older. So come to New Japan strong. So I don't know if I've said it. Uh, I always ruffle feathers and stir up trouble on Twitter, but I don't know if I've said it, but I plan on saying it, that you don't need Roman. Challenge yourself with New Japan strong. <laughs> I I don't I don't hate that idea. I actually love that idea, and uh, yeah. that's that's a match I would definitely pay to see. When I start promoting this episode, I'm probably going to use that clip. Just yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? Hey, you know, you know WWE. When I first came out publicly, I thought that they were forcing media training on me. Like you got to do media training, and at the time, 2013, I'm like, man. I'm going to say whatever I want. I'm going to say whatever I want. But when I did the media training, I was hooked because it helped me become a better storyteller. There's no such thing as a stupid question. You know what I mean? It helped me become an incredible storyteller. So like, you know, whatever I say on here is coming from the heart. I always say I can, I can plan for these interviews, but I work better speaking from the heart. Absolutely. That's why I always say I, I don't I don't do interviews. I've always stated from want to have conversations. And this one has been amazing. We've got a few minutes left and I've got a couple more questions and I want to let you go enjoy your evening. Yeah, but, do uh, your thing. Another question that um, I, I want to ask, it's kind of a burn a hole in my pocket is, is I love <laughs> I love the idea with Bob Backlund. I was very intrigued with the storyline. And I don't want to get into the, the mix of how everything didn't go the way it was supposed to. But how was it in being hooked up with a legend like Bob Backlund and being Bob Backlund's protege. Cause I loved everything about the idea. I just wish I would have been able to see the end game of what the idea was supposed to be. And you don't want me to go into detail. Well, I don't want it to be, I don't know how to word it. I'm confused with myself in that question. I'm sorry. I <laughs> you know what? Scratch what I said, Fred, you're right. You're hundred percent. I appreciate you on straight talk wrestling. You called me out on my crap and I appreciate you, sir. So go ahead. You know what? Let's rewind it. Everything that happened with Bob Adam, <laughs> tell me everything, Fred. Everything. <laughs> well, um, with Titus O'Neil, I know nothing lasts forever. Tag teams, they break up, they make up, break up, make up. We did it twice, I think, Titus and I. Uh, and I always had it in the back of my mind because I've done appearances with Bob Backlund, like autograph signings, uh, one autograph signing, and one special Olympic, or maybe two special Olympic uh, events. And I'd like to do my autographs standing up because I like to get personable with the fans. The whole sitting down, like when I do my podcast, I like to uh, stand up. I have the stand up desk here. I like to do it standing up. Uh, I'm sitting down now because I've just been doing so much. I like to do it standing up, but that's how I do my autographs. Uh, so I'm standing up, getting personal with the fans. And then I look over and I see Bob Backlund doing the same thing, you know? So we're both opposites. He's very energetic. I'm energetic in my own way. And I said to myself, before I was done teaming with Titus, man, I'd love to have Bob Backlund as like my like manager type, maybe life coach. So I took the idea from Mike Tyson and his former trainer Cuffs, you know, they're both opposites, you know. Uh, and Mike Tyson was like laser-like focused with his trainer Cuffs. And uh, so, I took, so I took a picture of Mike Tyson and Cuffs Mike Tyson was sitting, uh, sitting down and Cuss was behind him. And I took the visual of that 
and I made one of me and Bob Backer, and I wrote out the storyline uh, with Bob Backer and I, him being my life coach. And I always say the most intimidating thing about Vincent Man is his office door. Once you get through his office door, the sky's the limit. And that's another thing I learned from Titus. Closed mouths don't get fed. If, if, if we were at TV and we had nothing on Raw, Titus would bust. I'd be like, hold on, Titus, hold on. Let's have a game plan. He would knock on. He wouldn't even knock. He would uh, open the door, go right into his office, and I'd have to follow him because we're a team. Titus would be like, hey, boss, what you got for us? You ain't got nothing for us? Sometimes he wouldn't have anything for us. So then that's when the app became popular. The WWE, the WWE app became very popular. And Titus and I were always on that, always hustling, always on it. I didn't like doing it uh, at the time, but it really helped us because we, we always say we put the app on the map. But Titus was very bold. We would always, He'd always go in the office. Sometimes we'd have a game plan. Sometimes we wouldn't. But uh, if it wasn't for him doing that, I wouldn't have – able to muster the courage years later to well I had this idea let me go through and well I knocked Titus would open the door but I knocked Vince had come in and then I proposed this idea to him and I literally and I share the story anytime anyone asks me we talked for like 20 minutes about the storyline but most importantly we talked about yoga you know he asked me man Darren how do you get such a big barrel chest? I said yoga because yoga fixes your posture and makes you, it kind of elongates your body. So it fixes everything. So, so we're not like hunched over, you know, we're upright. So that's how my chest appears bigger. And him and I are like face to face, like sitting. He's like, oh, really? And then we go on talking about yoga, fitness. And then I proposed the storyline, showed him the visuals, showed him it all written out and he loved it. He loved the idea. And he contacted Bob back on personally and said, would you be down to be like a life coach, make Darren Young great again uh, with, with Darren? And he was happy to do it. He was very happy to do it. And then it took off. We started doing the vignettes and then uh, the vignettes at first were a little dry and because Triple H didn't like how, how it was produced. So then we had to redo the, a ton of vignettes that we had already filmed. We had to redo them and add some bells and whistles to them because of Triple H. Uh, and we were rocking and rolling with it. And I've got clips saved on my phone that I always do throwbacks or flashback Fridays of the reaction that it was finally getting. Now, I said earlier, I did my thing as a group. I did my thing as a tag team. Now it's finally time to, you know, have a singles run. Give me an opportunity. And I'll never say a bad thing about this man. I can't because he gave me that opportunity. It's just unfortunate that the people that worked under him didn't have my back. You know what I mean? I don't know who that was, but Vince Man did what he could. When it gets in other people's hands and when you get behind Vince McMahon and, you know, you say what you say or you do what you do, you know, ultimately it was ruined. You know, um, I was told working with The Miz and I always share the story about The Miz. When I first met him uh, backstage at WWE, I couldn't stand him. You know, he's the loudest guy in the locker room, just like so full of himself. Like he is on TV, he's the same way backstage. 
But fast forward to, uh, he was like my last feud with WWE. And um, he helped me out so much when it came to uh, Miss TV, the promo segment. He helped me out so much. Uh, and he was actually rooting for me to win the Intercontinental Championship. You know, I could have won it at Battleground and he could have took it the next day at, you know, uh, Raw. But again, I would have had the championship title and he was rooting for me. Again, like I said, it's just unfortunate the people that work under Vincent Man didn't have my back. And like I said, Miz was rooting for me. It's just the outcome was wasn't what I hoped. And when you're told, when you're with Bob Backlund and you're told, you can't use the cross-faced chicken wing because it's a dangerous hole. You're like, what? That's and then, then you're told to use the Cobra clutch. I'm like, what? I've got to use a Cobra clutch. If I wanted Sergeant Slaughter as my life coach, which I could have, he's, he's been very influential in helping me get signed. Also, I would have had Sergeant Slaughter as my life coach. But I had Bob Backlund, so let me use a crossface chicken wing. And I was told by Triple H, I can't use it because it's a dangerous hold. And this is when I talk about I, my back gets up against the wall so many times. People say, oh, I wish it would have worked. I wish it would have worked. Well, that's the reason. I was told ultimately I can't use a crossface. It's a dangerous hold. Uh, and then that was that. And once that match was done at Battleground with Miz, the match was thrown out. I put the Cobra clutch on the outside and they just threw the match out. I came to the back and I was in the corner sobbing. I'm a grown man. I was sobbing, sobbing, sobbing because I was just upset. Like, no one's going to take me seriously because people are going to think, like, why is he putting on the Cobra clutch? Like, he doesn't know what he's doing, you know? And that's how I felt. I and mean, it was Triple H that came over and was like, oh, Darren, uh, come on, man. Why are you crying? Like, he wasn't uh he, um he wasn't he wasn't really uh uh caring let's just say, but then a couple of weeks later, Miz had ran up to me at a live event in the locker room and he said, you know I don't watch NXT, but you wouldn't believe Oscar was using the Oscar lock, which which is the crossface chicken wing. She's using the Oscar lock now, and I said in the locker room, I yelled it out, I effing knew it, and I just walked out. I actually knew it. The move was being held for someone. And that's just the nature of our business, man. And when people ask me how come it didn't work, well, that's the reason it didn't work. You know what I mean? I have no control. My my future is controlled by a pencil. They can pencil me in and erase me out. And like I said, if I've got to lose, I've got to go out losing with a winning spirit. You know what I mean? So it, it's a tough business. It's a tough business. But I don't really you know, uh, concern myself with moments like that. I concern myself with moments uh, like achieving my dreams, you know, and using my platform that I've built with WWE to do things with New Japan. To, and when I reach out to these sponsors, you best believe I'm saying WWE veteran, New Japan superstar uh, is still wrestling, still grinding away. How can we work together? So I'm still going to use WWE's platform to elevate me because I beat my body up, I say, all the time for a long time. So I'm still going to use your platform to make moves. 150%. And um, one of the greatest moves, and my final question is, uh, again, to reiterate how amazing the Block the Hate movement is. 
Uh, I love everything about the organization. And it's not just about uh, LGBTQ rights. It's that, but it's also about acceptance all over the world. And it's about embracing who we are as individuals, but coming together as one spirit. And that's what's so amazing about the organization. And the fact that, you know, you are, you know, the tip of it and then it trickles down and it's amazing. And um, do you have any upcoming events uh, with Block the Hate or anything you're doing upcoming after this episode drops on June 24th? Is there anything you want to share about Block the Hate, how people can get into, how people can donate, how people can help the cause, which is absolutely fantastic. And again, I, I was honored to donate a small amount, but I know it's going to help a lot. And I know you appreciated it. And I didn't mind at all because it was, it was worth it, 100%. No, I appreciate it. It helps keep the movement going. Like I said earlier, when I work with the Covenant House here in LA and uh, we handle homeless youth, uh, the Trevor Project here in LA deals with uh, teen suicide. It helps me work with these organizations by creating vision boards, doing activities, doing Zooms, doing what I got to do to spread my message. And uh, Headquarters Clothing, who who makes these cool tank tops, you know, the equality sign, you know, they're huge supporters of me. And like I said, uh, I'm not the first and I'm not the last LGBTQ superstar. I'm just one that is vocal, that is outspoken in a good way. And that's a blessing to the masses that are able to live out their dreams, you know, and move forward. So like, like I said, block the hate hashtag block the hate if you do it if you hashtag it i always say none of us are strong as all of us you know i've got uh kalisto uh wwe superstar i've got uh sasha banks i've got so many uh close personal friends that uh, support me and their allies themselves so i can't do it all by myself so again interviews like this where i can share my story someone might be like man uh whether it's on social media or on the tv man i can i can be the next superstar you know and that's what the whole goal the whole block hate movement for me is you know in this world we all receive hate for various reasons but in order to be strong and successful you have got to block that hate and i won't stop i can't stop absolutely and you shouldn't stop and you know what it was the angle with bob Acker was great make darren young great again but you know what the secret is fred rosser was always great take away the Darren oh, Young name. You. He was, he was amazing. <laughs> and it was, it was an honor to share this conversation with you today, but now it's an even bigger honor to call you a friend. And that's the coolest yeah. part about this. Uh, you're an amazing human being. You're an inspiration. And I, I could say hands down that I've, I've had a lot of great conversations, but this one definitely ranks up there. And it was an honor and a privilege to speak with you today. And if there's anybody out there who's foolish enough to not be following Fred Rosser, please let them know where they can find you on the wonderful world of social media and that great inspiration that you have on all your platforms. Yeah, Twitter and Instagram, that's where it's at. I, I don't have uh, Snapchat or I don't have uh, TikTok. Uh, eventually I get TikTok, I don't know. But my bread and butter is Twitter and Instagram at RealFredRosser, R-E-R-E-A-L-F-R-E-D-R-O-S-S-E-R, -E -E my government name, not Darren Young, Twitter, Instagram, at RealFredRosser, hashtag block the hate. I can't do it alone. Block the hate, spread the word with me, strengthen numbers. 
Absolutely, 150%. I follow you across all social media platforms, and I know the mini host does. And if you got the time, a follow back would be an incredible honor, but no pressure. At underscore Straight Talk on Twitter and Straight Talk Wrestling on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, where you'll be able to catch this conversation and all my many conversations. Fred, what an amazing conversation. What an amazing story. I can't wait to do it again down the line. And guys, don't forget, hashtag block the hate, because like Fred said, he's just one person. We can all do it together. We can all block that hate together. The world can change. It could be better for the future generations like the mini host and like Fred's amazing godchildren. So please block the hate, support where you can, because the issues that he's dealing with are huge. Teen holdings, teen suicide. Suicide has been very real during this pandemic, and it takes strong people to help uplift everyone else. I'm not a motivational speaker by any standpoint, but if anybody wants to reach out to me, please, I will be honored to pass on your DMs to Fred and make sure that we can try to block that hate together and make a positive change. Fred, again, thank you so much for the time. It's an honor and a privilege and peace, love, and wrestling. We'll talk to you guys next time. Yes, anytime, anytime. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to tune in next week for another great episode on all available podcast platforms and hosted on Podbean. Also, check us out on YouTube at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And if you feel the need to buy some sweet merch, check us out on ProWrestlingTees.com. Leaving the scene with no trace. Not in my league. You out of place. I'm not at the top. I'm outer space. Anywhere, we're out of place. I'm doing fine.